All right, welcome to a brand new series we're kicking off today called Stop Going to Church. And I'm glad you didn't listen to me. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. You're going to find out in just a minute why we've called this series this name. I want to start this series today by sharing a story with you that actually happened to me recently in Walmart. So um, my boys and I have a running joke that happens every time we go to Walmart here in Jennings. Before we get out of the car, we always say this. How many people are, is dad going to know in Walmart? And so everybody gives a number. I think six. I think four. How many people are we going to see? So this time I happened to be by myself and um, I was shopping for Lindsay, just picking up a couple things. And I, I passed an aisle and all of a sudden I heard down an aisle, Pastor Josh. Now I looked, I didn't see anybody, but I backed up and there was a guy down, down the aisle. <clears throat> and so I was like, hey man, what's going on? I didn't know this guy at all. Um, I had no clue. I had no clue who he is, but come on, I'm gonna be cordial and be nice. And, uh, and, and he could tell though that I didn't know him. He's kind of, y'all know what I mean? When like somebody looks at you like, hey, and you're like, you don't know who I am, do you? And so he goes, Pastor Josh, I don't know if you know me. He's like, I go to your church. I was like, come on, that's awesome, man. And, uh, and uh, I said, man, how long you been going? He said, two years. I felt amazing, by the way. Um, he said, um, he said can, I, can, I, can I talk to you for a quick moment? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He said, man, man, I'm just going through a lot of stuff right now. I said, man, talk to me. What's up? So I do most of my counseling in Walmart, by the way. So if you ever need to set up time, it's usually in the broccoli aisle. Um, so it's cold and cool, you know what I mean? And so if things get heated. So I um, hit somebody with a cucumber. And, and so we're sitting there talking. He's like, man, listen, I'm, me and my living girlfriend, man, we're just having a lot of hard times right now. I think we're about to break up. It's not really going good. We're struggling with all this stuff. And, and he's like, on top of that, my mom just found out that she got diagnosed with cancer. Um, so we're battling that right now. And, and uh, I don't know how that's going to go. And then... He's like, can I share one other thing? I was like, hey, we're, let's, you know, let's get it all out right here in front of the broccoli. So tell me what you got. And he said, um, he said man, we're, we're really struggling financially on top of all this. He said, I haven't had the hours that, that I need. And so we're struggling to pay bills and all this stuff. I mean, just, just having a really hard time. And so I, I started realizing that this was more than just prayer requests. There was a conversation that really needed to be happening. And so I said, I'm going to pray for you, and, um, but can I ask you a couple questions just real quick? He's like, yeah, man, absolutely. So I said, I said, you said you'd be coming to the church for two years. He said, yeah. I said, when's the last time you came? He's like, Pastor, I, he's like, I don't even really know. I said, okay, in the last two years, how many times have you come? He said, twice. I'm thinking, that could be the problem there. And so then I, then I proceeded to ask some other questions. I said, well, you've only been twice, but we, we have next step. He's like, yeah, I know about next step. I said, have you gone through it? No, I haven't, I haven't really gone through it. He said, I, you know, I haven't had time and all that stuff. I said, well, we have life groups. You know, maybe if you can't come to church, we have life groups that you can get connected in. Are you, are you in a life group? And he's like, no, Pastor, I'm not in a life group either. And, and so I looked at him. I said, I'm going to pray for you. And, and we're going to pray that God heals your, heals your mom, and we're going to pray that some financial things turn around for you, and we're going to pray that there's some relational things that get mended in your relationship with your girlfriend. But I said, um, if I can be honest with you, you don't need to just go to church. You need a spiritual family right now. You need some people in your life. My one prayer is not going to fix all that. I'm just letting you know 
you need to get some people in your life. And he's like, man, I know. He's like, I, you know, I know, I know we need to be, I've been talking to my girlfriend about us coming. We need to get, get back in church and, you know, we need to get back. In the, and, and so, man, we, we, we hugged, I prayed for him. And if I could go back and say something, I would say something else. But here's the saddest part of this story. This was probably, I don't know how long ago. This was a while back. I haven't seen him since. If I could go back and add one thing to what I told him, I probably would have told him, you need to stop going to church. Because if we really think about it, and this is my prayer for this guy as much as it is for all of us, is the main goal and the main highest call that God has for us is not for us to go to church. Come on, let me know, it's so much more. It's so much more. And so many people have bought into this thing of me just going to church. And you do. You do need to go to church. But I'm going to begin to unpack, hopefully throughout this whole series, the importance of not just going to church. And so I, I want us to dive in today about this idea of church. We're going to look at the purpose of the church. Why is the church so vitally important to our spiritual walk? And, and how, how are we to be a part of it? And what is our role within it? I want to share the, uh, the theme verse that we're, we're going to share throughout these next four weeks. And that's found in uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. I read this months ago when we were in quarantine time. And it was really a, a, a verse that began to give me clarity as to why I was feeling the way I was feeling during quarantine. How many of you felt like during quarantine when we we're kind of just doing church online, you still felt a little empty? Like it just wasn't everything that you really wanted. And I, I couldn't realize why it was. And then I read Hebrews 10 and it says this, discover creative ways to encourage others. I thought that was so cool. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Now watch this next verse, verse 25. This is huge here. This is not the time to pull away. And how many of you would, you would agree right now the times that we're living in, it's not the time to pull away? How many agree? This is a relevant message for us right now. And neglect the meeting of what? Yeah. Come on, everybody say that again. Together. As some, now watch this, as some have formed the habit of doing. And this is what that means. I'm going to just tell you, when we, we were almost three months of only online church, it was so easy in those three months to not do church. Am I the only honest one here? Sunday morning got there. And I was like, I really don't want to watch it. That's my service. <laughs> I'm preaching. <laughs> so I know if I feel that way, <laughs> I know all of y'all were like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, you were like 10 minutes early with all your kids huddled around interceding for me. I know you were. But for the other real people in the room, it was easy to form the habit. Can we be honest here? It's easy to form the habit of, of just not doing it, not going to it, not making it a priority in our life. In fact, though, Scripture tells us we should come together even, what, more frequently. So we've got to figure this thing out. We've got to get some creative ways on how we can make this happen and how we can connect and how we can do these things. And watch it. He ends with this. Eager to encourage, that word is in there multiple times, by the way, and urge each other, what, onward as we anticipate the day is dawning. We did a survey a couple of months into the, the, um, the quarantine time and the stay at home, and you'd be surprised just four or five weeks, one of the questions we asked people was, how do you feel like you're doing spiritually? And over 50% of our people said, not doing well. 
This verse told us that we need to do the job as the church to find ways to encourage and motivate people onward. How many know though, when you form the habit of not gathering, you don't go onward, you go, you go backwards. And so this is why this is so huge for us. Now, I'm gonna put up some images on the screen. I need uh, participation. All those that are online, I need you to participate with me as well. And you can put what comes to your mind. I'm gonna put some images on the screen and I want you to shout out, okay? I'm gonna give you permission to talk in church, okay? You're gonna talk to me. Permission. Give me words that come to your mind when you see these images, ready? Here's the first one. The devil. <laughs> Come on, give me some words. Ew. What? People. People of Walmart. Y'all seen that website? Okay, all right. Any, money. A lot of money. Okay. All right. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of different, seems to be some negative things. Okay. If you work at Walmart, we love you. We're praying for you. Okay. How many love online Walmart now? Okay. Just go drive in. My wife is pickup now. Okay. So anything to have you. All right. How about this one right here? Give me a word that describes this. All, everybody online, give me a word to describe this. This one right here. What? Pain. Money. Dread. Okay. How many know this lady's lying right here? This is not, I've never seen. I have never seen someone walk into a dentist like this. I'm going to tell you how, this is how I've really seen them like this. That's how I've seen them. That's how I go into the dentist, right, Denny? <laughs> this is it right here. All right, uh -oh. how about this next one right here? Give me a word for this one. Football, Tigers. All right. <laughs> All right. Champions, winners. A lot of money. <laughs> All, these, All these have a lot of money connected to them. All right, fun. I don't know, there could be a ton of different words that, that come along with this one. All right, let me, let me show you the last one, this last picture here. What words come to mind when you see this one? <clears throat> Jesus, Catholic, sleep, <laughs> boring, empty, some, I've heard people now, judgmental, difficult, cult, some though it's uplifting, life-giving, Hopeful, rules. Here's why I'm saying all this. Because the way you view something is usually how you experience it. However you view something is usually what the experience is going to be like. And I'll say it this way. Even based off of your experiences is sometimes how you view it. So based off of any of those places, if you've had bad experiences, guess how you view it? in a bad way. How many, if you've had great experiences at any of those places, how many know how you view it? I said Walmart, people are like, oh! I said LSU, and they're like, yeah! Why? Different experiences, right? Different views. The same is true for the church. Based off of how your experiences have been at church, or what you've heard from people, or even what, you know, whatever, is going to be how you view it. And how you view it is so important because how you view it is how you interact with it. So if your view of the church is, is skewed and not the way that God views the church, how many know you're gonna interact with it differently? The Greek word for church is a word called ekklesia. Everybody say ekklesia. Like you gotta spit a little bit when you say it. Ekklesia, all right? Like you're choking on something. It, it means the gathering together, the called out ones. The gathering together, the called out ones. So the church 
In Greek is ekklesia, meaning it is the gathering of God's people. But watch this. It's not just the gathering. It's also the called out, meaning that we just don't come to. How many know we go from? God has called us to gather, but he's also called us to be sent. We are the, the called out ones. So what does it look like for us not to just gather and go to church? How many know, what does it look like for us to also be the church, to go and do what God has called us at the church? So this is what we're gonna do in this series. We're gonna look at four ways that God views the church. Today, we're gonna unpack the first one. And if you're taking notes, um, if you're on the, the OSC Connect app, the, the notes are right there on there as well. You can just write these notes, write this down. The church is not a special event, it's a spiritual family. The church is not a special event, it's a spiritual family. And I'm gonna show you, we're gonna dive into what God's word has to say about the church. And this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show you how you probably view the church if you view it as a special event and how you view the church if you view it as spiritual family. I'm gonna give you four thoughts here. Number one, if you wanna write this down, you go to a special event, you connect to a spiritual family. You go to a special event, but you connect to a spiritual family. If church is a special event, you will use it almost like a task like you do the rest of the week. Like I go to work, I go to school, I go to Walmart, I go to, I have to, and you almost treat it as a checkoff list of, I went to church, check. That's if you treat it as a go-to place. But how many know if you treat it as a connected to spiritual family place, it's not a place I have to go to, it's a place I want to go to, to be with the people that are, y'all with me so far? Let me show you how scripture plays out. Scripture says it this way. Ephesians chapter two says it this way. You are, everybody help me with this, members of what? of God's family, of God's family. Together, what? We are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is who? Who is it? Jesus Christ. So the cornerstone of this church, everything that's been built about this church, everything that we focus on in this church, the hero of this church is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus is the hero, he gathers all different kinds of people, different types of people to gather together to be a part of the family. Look at somebody next to you, tell them we are family. Tell them we are family. Normally you wouldn't say that. Okay, don't say that to your, your real family. Say it to somebody else, okay? Like, <laughs> y'all looking at your wife, we family, we better be, okay? <laughs> I've been here at OSC for 20 years, not because I found a great church, but because I found a great spiritual family. Amen. I found a great family. And, and I want you to hear me very closely on this. If you're looking for a spiritual family, welcome home. Amen. Welcome home. If you're, if you're looking for a church, we might not be the right one. But if you're looking for a family, Come on, welcome to the family. And if you're like, well, I got some, I got some issues, welcome to the family. <laughs> I've done some dues, I've paid some time. Welcome to the family. I don't look like everybody else. Welcome to the family. Because here's the coolest thing about our family is that our family is a conglomerate of all different types of people, all different ages and demographics and different colors and different races and different, different socioeconomic and different political status. and Everything is all different. But how many know when Jesus is the answer and Jesus is the solution and Jesus is the focus, we can come together and worship together because it's not about what is different about us, it's what unites us. Okay. So we're, we are a family together. What, look what Psalm 68 says. Psalm 68, 6 says it this way. God places the lonely in, in families. The tallest living thing in all of the earth, 
is a tree. It's a redwood tree. You find them many in California. If anybody has seen them in person, I haven't had the opportunity, but let me show you. This is a redwood tree. At the very bottom of that image is a person. <laughs> these, these trees can go up to 350 feet tall. That's, that's 35 stories. They can be as, as big as three stories wide, 30 to 40 feet wide. These are so huge that cars can actually drive through them. And the thing that makes these so majestic is their ability to stand as tall as they possibly can. And the reason they can get as tall as they possibly can is because there is an underground root system that you do not see that strengthens their ability to stand the way that they do and withstand the storms that they do and not topple over like 60-foot oaks that we have that topple over with just a little gust. How do they stand as tall as they do? Well, if you know anything about the root system of the redwoods, their root systems can go out to 150 feet wide. They're not super deep. They can get deep, but they go out wide. And here's the beauty of redwoods is they are usually with other redwoods. So what ends up happening is all of these trees here, if you were to look underground below what you can't see from the surface that is strengthening them is a support system. Their roots are intertwined with one another. So if you push on one, you push on 50. I mean, no, when we're family, you push on one, you push on a lot of people. Come on, if one is hurting, we're all hurting. If one is strengthened, we're all strengthened. This is not only the beauty of the Redwoods, this is the beauty of spiritual family is that when we go through things, there is an undergirding system that is below the surface that many people may or may not see, but there is a people group that are supporting and connecting and calling and helping and encouraging and walking with. That is the beauty of spiritual family. And so I'm gonna put it this way. If you want to write this down, it's not Jesus and me, it's Jesus and we. It's Jesus and we. See, because here's the thing. He, Jesus, knows that me, Josh, is better with we. He knows that me is better with we. And so he connects us. Ephesians tells us that he connects us as family. This, we saw this in Psalms. He puts the lonely and he puts them in family. Why? Because God knows that me needs we. That in order for me to be me, I need the we. Let's see how many other things I can say. All right, are we getting this? Do you get this? Me needs we. I'm telling you right now, this week you're going to face probably opposition. You're going to face a struggle this week. You may face a setback. You're going to walk through something this week. And by the way, if this week is great, just wait till next week or the next month. But how I many know something's coming your way that's going to be a setup, a setback, a struggle, an opposition? And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to do that alone because the devil himself doesn't mind you going to church. He just doesn't want you being connected to it. Because an isolated person is a vulnerable person. And the enemy knows this so much. And so many of you, and, and let me even say this, just because you're in the building doesn't mean you're in the family. And those who are online can't be in the building doesn't mean you're out of the family. It's so important for you to understand this fact that you can live alone and be around a bunch of people, but you can't thrive alone. You desperate, scripture even says it this way, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of what? In a time of need. Some of your marriages are in trouble. 
Some of you are struggling through sexual issues. Some of you are struggling and drowning in debt so much that you're on the verge of having to declare bankruptcy. Some of you are walking through things with your kids. Some of you are walking through mental depression and nobody knows. And so the problem with that is, is you have bought into a lie that if I ask for help, I'm being weak. But can I tell you this? You're only as strong as you are honest. And the only place that the devil can work his biggest is in your secrets. And so what ends up happening is I don't got to tell everybody. I'm not, uh, y'all don't get scared, okay? I'm not having everybody come up here. I got sexual issues. Okay, we're not doing that. But if you don't tell somebody, you're going to get in trouble. Because the enemy is going to continue to have a playground that he can work in your mind. He's going to continue to isolate. And how many of you know depression alone doesn't lead to you getting better? Depression alone eventually leads to something that's way worse. The same is true in every struggle that you and I go through, that you and I need a group, a spiritual family, who really knows you. Like knows you. And what I mean by like, like you could walk in the room and they could look at you and go, mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you can be like, hey. And they'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, what's up? What you talking about? It's all good. Mm-mm, you liar. You're a liar. What's really going on? And here's why you need to be known. Watch this. Because to be fully loved, you have to be fully known. You can never be fully loved if you're not fully known. Because if you're only showing a part of you, when you show up to church, you're only showing this part of you. But when you leave, there's another part of you that nobody knows about. This is what you'll say. They don't really know me, so therefore they can't really love me. But if you would be willing to open up both sides, take the mask off and say, this is what I really am. When you're fully known, you'll also be the opportunity to be fully loved. I mean, all the same's in marriage, the same's in family, the same's everywhere that I'm, if I'm fully loved, and I know it, I hear it. Yeah, Pastor Josh, I've shared those parts of my life and I've been hurt. Me too. Hey, guess what? That's family. Any marriages in here, your spouse hurt you, said something they shouldn't have said? Only mine? Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna preach to the uh, real people over here. And uh, it's family, right? So why is it that we treat the church differently when someone says something stupid, we leave? I've said tons of stuff stupid to my wife. Trust me, I could bring her up here. You're not. I could bring her up here, though. But because we're connected, because we're connected to one another, that there's forgiveness, there's repentance, there's, there's making that thing right. Just because she's burnt stuff in the kitchen doesn't mean I don't go back to eat. Come on, somebody. All right. It's not often anymore. I'm treading on thin ice right here. Most of it is amazing. 99%. But just because the 1% happens, how many know it's not, it's, it's just not a reason. I got to fight for it. Now there's times to leave. There's time, you know, there's, there's those things that are there. Hopefully you're understanding what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, it's, we've got to learn to fight through those things. To fight through those things. Offense will happen. It's going to happen. It's a part of being family. Let me give you the second thing. Number two. At a special event, you get information, but at a spiritual family, you experience transformation. Two totally different things. If you see church as a special event, you'll get some good information. Come here. I, if you come here every Sunday and you just come, pop in, and leave, you're going to get some great information. You're going to learn incredible things about Jesus. You're going to learn incredible things about you and what God's plan is for you. You're going to get some awesome stuff, tips on how to have healthy relationships, and so many great information. But information is not enough. You need relationships on top of that to really see transformation. 
One of the, let me give you an illustration. One of the, the greatest pieces of technology that came into our home a couple months ago that my family absolutely loves is Alexa. Anybody in here have an Alexa? I, we absolutely love our Alexa, or if you got any of those other kind of devices, I can talk to you, but Alexa is absolutely amazing. I'll, I'll show you just how this works. Alexa, what's the weather today? Is she talking to me? Currently, in Jennings, it's 78 degrees Fahrenheit with thunderstorms. Today, you can expect some sun and thunderstorms with a high of 91 degrees and a low of 75 degrees. Thank you. Alexa, tell me a joke. How do coffee beans say goodbye? See know. you later, percolator. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Alexa, play We Are Family. We Are Family by Sister Sledge on Amazon Music. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, you know you're going to want to sing with this with me. Let me give you a point while we get to this. First thing is this. We need wisdom just as much as we need information. We need wisdom just as much as we need information. So I'm so thankful for this information she gives me, but we're going to need some wisdom. Come on, y'all sing it out. We're going to sing We Are Family, and now you've got to look at somebody who's family. Turn it up for me, Cody, here. Ready? Here we go. You know you want to sing it. Here we go. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. All my sisters. We are family. Get up, everybody, and sing. This makes you feel good, doesn't it? It doesn't. We are Okay, Alexa, stop. <laughs> One of the tools that we love, Alexa, set a timer for three minutes. Three minutes, starting now. I never touch another timer. This is amazing. I absolutely love this. I love this. Alexa, turn the timer off. <laughs> Three-minute timer canceled. Alexa can do so many things. I'm so curious how many people online their Alexas Sorry, are going off. Sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Alexa, I love you. That's nice of you to say. Alexa, do you love me? I don't have human love figured out quite yet. <laughs> so I need to stop saying her name because I'm sure it's going off right now. I'm curious how many people did We Are Family in their homes. Um, so we need wisdom, not just information. Here's the deal. She <laughs> can give me tons of information, but she can't give me wisdom. She can tell me how to bake a cake. She can tell me how not to mess up on things. She can tell me how to fix things. She can tell me so many. But wisdom is not just what, it's how. And you need relationships on how to do things. She, she, we can't replace easy answers with people in our life. We gotta seek them and listen to them. The second thing is we need presence, not just answers. And, and what I mean by that is, is we need the warmth of a friendly smile. We need the comfort of a caring hug. We need the, the kindness of someone who takes us by the hand and prays fervently on our behalf. You can't get that with that. You can't. And lastly, we need pursuit, not just availability. Alexa is available. Alexa is always there. Alexa is always listening. Aren't you Alexa? Mm -hmm. She is.
Hmm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sound like my kids. Um, but watch this. She'll never notice if I miss church. She'll never notice if I walked out of the room with tears in my eyes. She'll never notice that I needed a hug. She'll never notice that I'm not doing well. Here's because presence allows for pursuit. Let me explain it to you. When we're in one another's lives, with one another together, we notice things that you don't when you're on the phone. Are y'all with me? You notice someone that walks out and go, they need someone. They, they need a hug. They're, they're hurting. They're missing. They're needed. They're, you, you see those things. People treat the church like this, where you go to get information, but you need more than information. Come on, how many know you need transformation? And transformation, transformation doesn't happen when I go to just get a bunch of information. Transformation happens when I get in relationship with people around me and they can speak into my life and they can help me walk through and navigate what, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with my son? I can ask Alexa what to do with my son. She's not gonna give me the wisdom that I know that someone that has walked through those shoes that has gone through that, they can give me. Are y'all with me? And so Matthew says it this way. Matthew 28 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. Well, you say, well, there you go. It says teach. Yeah, there's two ways to teach. There's just teaching where you just give information, but then there's teaching that is modeling, that you're showing people. Come on, how many know when Jesus taught his disciples how to obey, he didn't sit on the mountain and just speak to them. How many know he says, let's get in the boat and let's go. Let's walk on the water, go heal somebody, go cast the demon out, go step into that, go, go pass out the food, go put your hands on it. How many know, and then they came back and he says, now let me show you how this works. Teaching is one thing of just imparting information, but modeling and mentoring and pouring into is a whole nother thing. And if your, your kids are going to do way more of what they see than what you say. And this is the same in Christianity. This is the exact same way of how it works in Christianity. People think that spiritual growth and transformation happens by how much of the Bible they know. But can I tell you, you don't become like Jesus by the Bible you know. You become like Jesus by the Bible you live. And you need to be around people who are living the Bible out. Because listen, you can get great preaching online. You can listen to the best preachers in the world online, but there is something. They're not showing up at the hospital. They're not taking care of you when, when you need them. They're not in the moment. Come on, I mean, no, you need people, though, that are going to be there in the moment that can walk with you through the trials. You need people that will be kind of the, the life source for you because I'm telling you right now, Jesus saved my soul, but the church saved my life. Yeah. I got a wife in church. I wasn't getting that anywhere else. I, I, I got my calling in church. I got, I got called out by God into ministry in church, being around other people. I got my, my giftings developed in relationships. I've become the father that I am, the preacher that I am, the husband I am, and the man of God I am, not because I went to church, but because I had men of God and people of God that spoke into my life and modeled how to do this in front of me, and I go, that's how you do it. Are y'all with me? This is, this is what God's called us to do. Yeah, let me give you number three. At a special event, being together is optional, but in a spiritual family, being together is priority. When it's a special event, it could just be like, do you wanna go, not go? 
Ah, I don't really, I don't really know. But, but look what Hebrews 10 says. Let's go back to it. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says it this way. This is not the time to, to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the, the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other's onwards as we are anticipating that the day is dawning. So I'm I'm just telling you, many people will wake up on a Sunday and go, are are we gonna go? I don't know, you tired? Man, I'm kinda tired. Hey, we gonna gonna do this? No, I don't. That's never happened in my house. Like my boys have never asked, are we going to church? Because it's not optional. It's, it's a priority in our house. You're, you're here. And what ends up happening is if you treat church as a special event and not as a spiritual family, it can become optional. It's if I have time, not I'm making time. Yesterday at, at, at our herd gathering, we've got a bunch of guys that gather on Saturday mornings and we just encourage each other in the word. And I was talking to this one guy and he was telling me just about how, man, he's been working so much and so many hours and, man, just hadn't had time to read his Bible, hadn't had time to take his girlfriend on the date, hadn't had a time to do a lot of things that he knows that are essential to spiritual growth. And he said this comment, he says, man, I just don't have time. And I said, pause, time out. Can I change the way that you're viewing this? He's like, okay, what? I said, you need to stop saying I don't have time and you need to start saying I didn't make time. Because I don't have time means everybody else is to blame. I didn't make time puts me responsible for this. How many know there's a lot of people that want to put blame on everybody else and don't take, take responsibility? Listen, I didn't make time to take my wife out. I didn't make time. I didn't make time with my finances to do them properly. I didn't make time to spend time with God. How many know we all got the same 24 hours that everybody else does? I just got to make the time. It's got to become a priority. If your growth in Christ is something that's essential for you, it has to become a priority. God's church is not a part of your lives. Come on, I know, it should be our lives, that we live in community with one another. We, we're encouraging. Notice all these scriptures say we should come together even more frequently. And listen, I know the challenge right now. With all the COVID stuff, so I don't want anybody to feel condemned if you're not here in this building right now because of all that, I totally understand it. But that doesn't mean you still have to be disconnected from spiritual family. How many know you can connect with spiritual family in other ways? There's phone calls, there's text messages. There's, hey, can I just show up in the driveway of your house and just come see you and be encouraged by, how many know we can get creative to figure out how to stay connected as a spiritual family that this becomes a priority in our lives. I pray that it becomes a priority in your life, that nothing trumps it. I had someone that was uh, on our dream team this morning was telling me, she said, my husband called me this week and said, hey, we're planning on going on a trip, uh, a weekend trip to go somewhere. And, uh, and she serves currently on the dream team. And she told her husband, well, we're not going. It's like, what? We're not going. We're serving this weekend. We're committed to the church. And then she said last weekend, as they were watching online, they said, we're back in. We're in. We're all in. We've, we've allowed it to not be a priority. We're, we're in this thing. I was like, man, that's amazing. She said, I'm just realizing how easy it is for me to not make it a priority. Y'all, y'all, have y'all felt that before? It's so easy. It's so easy to make being with God's people. And yet again, remember, it's not a special event. It's a spiritual family. We're not trying to connect to a service We're trying to connect to a people. Lastly, number four, is a special event is all about what I can get, and in a spiritual family, it's all about what I can can give. I have three boys. For those that don't know, 
15, 12, and 10. And the greatest day in my life outside of being married to my wife and having these boys was this day right here. I want to show you. I want to show you. This was a, a highlight for me right here. the best thing ever. Ready? Yep. When your son cuts the grass. Great day. What's this? What are we learning how to do? What are we learning how to do? Make a bed. Make our beds. Pull it tight. Pull the sheets tight. There are a lot of perks in our home. My boys have a pool that they can swim in at any time. They have pretty much unlimited snacks all the time, which they eat a lot, by the way. They have internet. They have their own video games. There's a lot of great perks in our house. And my boys absolutely love the perks of being in the belt home. You know what they try to avoid as much as possible, though? The responsibility. And how many know, this ain't my house, this is our house. Any, any parents said this, this is our house. So guess what? If you're making a mess in our house, it's ours, okay? And there's been long enough time where I've cut the grass for our house. The day is over. Now, I say all that, and I helped my son cut the grass this weekend. But it's so important for, for my boys to understand that just as much as what they can get from being a part of the belt home, they also have an opportunity to give in the belt home. So whether it's doing dishes or vacuuming or just whatever the needs may be, because they're in our house, they have also responsibility. And can I say the same is true for a spiritual family. If this is just an event you attend and you leave, you will neglect the responsibility of being a part of the family. Everybody wants the perks and the privileges of being in spiritual family. They just don't want the responsibilities that come with it. Now I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> it got real quiet. It got real quiet. Because everybody loves the perks and the privileges and the gifts that come with being connected to a church. But not everybody wants to come with the purpose of understanding that not only do you have something to receive, you have something to give. You have something to give. Hebrews, uh, actually Acts chapter two, let me show you how this plays out in the New Testament and then we're done. Notice what the New Testament church, the very first church that ever existed said this, and all the believers met together in one place. Everybody help me with this. And shared, and shared everything they had. Shared everything that they had. Look at somebody next to you. If you like their shoes, say, those are some nice shoes. They'll probably give them to you. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. Watch this. They... They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. Watch the next verse. Look, let's just keep going. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Okay, that's, that's the church. That's the corporate gathering, the large body. But they also met in, in homes for, for the Lord's Supper. So they, they did communion even in, the, in their homes. And they, they shared their what? Come on, how I many you know? You know they legit when they sharing food. Okay, that's a whole nother. Can I borrow some? No, I get your own food. Okay, this is, they shared food with great joy and generosity. Now watch this. So they shared whatever they had. They sold things and, and shared their resources and the money with those who needed. They shared their meals and food. So they're sharing, sharing, and sharing. Because of that heartbeat, watch what happens. 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Because of the incredible generosity of them sharing what they had with one another, when lost people came into interaction with them, they said, I want what you got. Whatever it is that you are a part of, I wanna be a part of that. And these people gave their hearts to the Lord because it wasn't a place they go to, it was a family they were connecting to. Are y'all, y'all with me? And so it's so important for us to realize that, that we, we, we not only have the benefits of family, we also have the responsibilities of family, that, that you have something someone else needs. And someone else needs something that you have. That your talents and your treasure and your time are so crucial for other people. I love hearing stories of how our church has been ministering to one another, even during this time, and whether it's text messages or letters or it's been practical things. And, and if you go, well, I didn't get any of that. Well, the question I would ask is, is what part of the family are you in? As, as we get in and get connected and, 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 and here's the tendency, and I, I had this tendency. Well, why is anybody calling me? Why is anybody taking care of me? And then I remembered what Proverbs tells me. And Proverbs says this, he who refreshes others will he himself be refreshed. That I cannot ask of anything of anybody else if I'm not willing to give it myself. And by the way, when I do give it, how many know I do end up receiving because God gives me so much. Watch Watch what Hebrews says. Last one, it says this, we'll go back to it. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. I'll end with this. So many are waking up every morning with one goal. I just want to make it through the day. Just want to make it through the day. And I hope, I hope this day is a good day. Can I just encourage you? Try it this week. That every day that you wake up, instead of first thinking of, man, I just want to make it through the day, man, I just, I got all this stuff I got to do. What would it look like if we were to every morning wake up and try to discover creative ways, put that scripture back up, creative ways to encourage and to motivate? What would it look like tomorrow if tomorrow you woke up and says, God, who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to encourage today? Who do you want me to, I'm gonna tell you right now, a simple text or a simple phone call sometimes means more to people than you even imagine. A letter, a Facebook comment, a, just one way where you can give encouragement and the quickest way to give encouragement is to encourage somebody else. And then that comes back to you. 17 years ago, a little over 17, um, Lindsay and I moved from an attender relationship to a totally different type of relationship. I attended my wife for a lot of years. We dated, not, not for a lot of years, for just probably a year or so. We dated and uh, I wooed her heart with my woo, and um, there's a lot of wooing, and uh, eventually one day I was like, I don't want to attend anymore, and the difference between me, us becoming attenders and her becoming a part of the, the belt club was one word, ready? Commitment. It's commitment. It's the one thing some of you girls wish your boy would do, is just Commit. Because when I officially got down on the knee and said, will you marry me? And she looked at the ring and then said yes. (laughs) What she was saying to me was, 
Yes, I commit to that as well. And then on April 12, 2003, we stood in front of even some of the people that are in this room and with Pastor Bubba officiating our, our, our service and said words like, better or worse, sickness and health. Are y'all with me? Some like committal words. And, and we said, I do. And she said, I do. And then we moved into a committed relationship. Okay, now watch this, watch this. With that commitment came benefits. Come on, somebody. All right. I saved myself for her, so I was looking for the benefits. But what, watch this. But it also came with the responsibilities. Because now I wasn't a man that I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, with whoever I wanted. I was committed to this one woman. And everything that I did was to make sure that I served her and loved her as Christ loved the church. Are y'all with me? So there was a commitment to make that, and I get the benefits of it, but I also got the responsibilities for it. And the same is true when we give our lives to Christ. Watch this. When we surrender our lives to Christ, how many know there's incredible benefits when we surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Come on, benefits, forgiveness, clean slate. God removes peace, joy. But how many know there's also responsibilities? Because now I can't live however I want to live. I'm under his rule and his reign. Whatever he says on how I do relationships, that's how I do it. What he says on how I live my life, that's how I do it. He says what I, are y'all with me today? And I believe the same as if we would take that same mindset into spiritual family and say, man, I want to be committed. I want to be all in. I want the perks and the privileges and the benefits. But I also realize I have a part to play and I have a responsibility and I have something that I can give. Are y'all with me today? And this is what God is calling us as the church. I pray, ready? I pray from this moment forward, you would stop going to church. And I pray that you would get connected to spiritual family. And it might not be here, and that's totally fine, but that you would get connected to some people who can help come alongside with you and walk out and help you be all that God's called you to be. Amen? Would you bow your heads in this place? Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your family this is your family you're building your church and today we get the opportunity not just to go to church but to experience your church and i want to pray for those that are here and whether you're watching online or you're here in this room and i want to speak to you just for one quick moment because the greatest commitment that you need to make is really not to a church the greatest commitment you need to make is first to jesus because it's not until you commit to Jesus that then he invites you and adopts you into his family. And if you're here in this place and you know that you haven't even been committed to Jesus, you know that really it's, it's been optional. Your relationship with Jesus has been really more about what you can get than what you can give. It's been more even about just information and God doing things for you, but it hasn't been a full surrender. Today, I wanna to invite you into that relationship, a, a, a relationship that not only is for the forgiveness of sins, but a relationship that gives you a new life and a new family. And if you're here in this place and you go, Pastor Josh, I want that. I wanna be committed to Jesus first and foremost. I want you, nobody looking around, and if you're there online as well, I want you to just let us know. I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, would you pray for me? That's me, right here. Come on, I see you guys right here. Anybody else? Thank y'all, right there in the back. Y'all three over there. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you. Right over here on the right side. Thank you. Thank you. If you're online, 
right now. We wanna pray with you. And if you, if you lifted your hand today, I want you to pray right along with me. And I'm gonna invite all of our OSC family just to pray this with me in this moment. Would you say this? Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I thank you that you came and lived a life that I couldn't live. You took my sin and my shame and my guilt on the cross and you died for it. But you came to give me life and a relationship with the Father and a purpose on earth. Today I repent of my sins and I turn from my selfish ways and I turn to Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Wash me clean. Give me a new heart. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, OSC family. Let's celebrate with those.